Hi, welcome to Nutra Champion, a podcast series where we speak with experts specializing in nutrition research, including scientists, doctors, and policy makers. Here, we will find out more about their research journey, their career, and even some personal life lessons. I'm Ting Ming, the editor of Nutra Ingredients Asia and your host for this podcast. You can listen to our past episodes on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Our guest today is Pradeep Chakraporty, a former director at the Food Safety and Standards Authority of India, in short, FSSAI between 2012 and 2016, where he was involved in the drafting of India's first set of regulations dedicated to the nutraceuticals category. Currently the Senior Advisor to the Scientific Society, Centre for Public Health and Food Safety, as well as the Director at local firm Ishanaf Nutraceuticals, Pradeep will tell us more about how India's nutraceutical regulatory landscape has evolved over the years, as well as the approach and key priorities that the regulator has when drafting and reviewing nutraceutical policies. Yes, Pradeep, thank you for taking the time to speak with me today on this Nutra Champion podcast interview. Um, we know that you have a lot of years of experience in this area, and you were also the former director at FSSAI, and currently you are working with the local Indian company, with this local Indian company called Ishanaf. Nutraceuticals, you are the advisor and you are also the board member of this Health Foods and Dietary Supplements Association, HATSA, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so first of all, right, could you um, maybe share with us what do you think are some of the biggest developments in India's nutraceutical industry so far based on your you know, years of experience and observation of this industry? Yeah, actually, nutraceutical industry was in a nascent stage when I was working in FSSI as a director. And it was me actually who was instrumental instrumental in forming this, in making these regulations. Because earlier, actually, we had no regulations. Though nutraceutical and health supplements and functional foods were mentioned in the Section 22 of the FSS Act 2006, but in the absence of any regulations, actually, it was difficult for both the regulator as well as the industry to to sell and import nutraceutical products. But so so during those days, actually, from nineteen from two thousand twelve to two thousand sixteen, we used to issue NOC, no objection certificate, to the companies who were importing nutraceutical products from abroad and also manufacturing nutraceutical products in India. Earlier, actually, it was uh, the pharmaceutical companies who were mainly, uh, only a few pharmaceutical companies who were mainly doing this uh, nutraceutical, uh, manufacturing nutraceutical business. Uh, But uh, because uh, other companies were very few, and uh, they are mostly dependent on import of nutraceutical products from US, Europe, and uh, Singapore also to some extent, So and Dubai also. But uh, then actually they started manufacturing uh, uh, the uh, manufacturing the products in in India itself. And uh, during those days, actually, I used to issue no objection certificate to these people, uh, to these companies actually who who are interested in this business. But uh, over the years, actually, nutraceutical uh, products are gaining importance, particularly uh, particularly during COVID nineteen. Actually, uh, nutraceutical products actually really uh, geared up. 
बिकॉज ऑफ दिस बिकॉज पीपल आर वेरी मच अवेर ऑफ इम्यूनिटी बूस्टिंग कंपाउंड एंड ब्रेन एंड सो मेनी लाइफ स्टाइल डिजीजेस लाइक डायबिटीज ओबेसिटी एंड अदर डिजीजेस सो दे आर नाउ दे आर नाउ स्विस्ट ओवर फ्रॉम फ्रॉम ट्रीटमेंट फ्रॉम फोकसिंग ट्रीटमेंट टू वेलनेस वेलनेस फोकसिंग ऑन वेलनेस एंड ऑल ऑफ अस नो दैट न्यूट्रासूटिकल इज ए ग्रेट थिंग फॉर वेलनेस एंड जनरल वेलबींग ऑफ दिस ऑफ ह्यूमन बींग सो विथ दिस कॉन्सेप्ट एक्चुअली न्यूट्रासूटिकल इंडस्ट्रीज आर गेनिंग मोमेंटम एंड इन टू थाउजेंड सिक्सटीन एक्चुअली वी हैव नोटिफाइड दिस रेगुलेशन in the health supplements nutraceutical regulations and on the basis of this regulations actually they also uh, companies also uh, know that they have the regulation and they if they comply the regulation and uh, as i said uh, that fssi fss act is a self compliance act if you comply with the regulations then uh, nobody can uh, disturb you and you can do your business without uh, and nobody will uh, disturb you in this thing actually so it is a self compliance uh, act so uh, when this regulation was in place uh, on uh, in 2016 actually they were also relieved even uh, we the regulators were also relieved uh, because uh, in pan india actually it was very difficult to uh, regulate these products in the absence of any regulation and uh, uh, so this is a great uh, development which happened in indian nutraceutical industry and in 2022 also uh, on the basis of our experience uh, working with this uh, with this uh, regulations we actually reviewed this regulation 2016 and we have uh, drafted a new regulation uh, 2020 uh, new regulations uh, 2022 and it was effective from uh, uh, from uh, 1st april 2022 and uh, as per our uh, government norms actually previous regulation is uh, now no longer valid and uh, all the uh, these people actually they have to comply with this uh, new regulation 2022 i so see this is, okay. great, this is a great development i see okay. from the regulatory point of view right starting from no uh, regulations for the nutraceutical yeah. industry until there uh, is a set of regulations only uh, about 7 years ago in 2016 right and uh-huh. then after that in 2022 last year uh, there was uh-huh. a review and a new new regular new set of regulations that came out what would you yeah. say are some of the key uh, differences between the 2016 and the 2022 set of regulations uh, in the 20 uh, 2022 regulations actually uh, we have four schedule four schedule means list of uh, vitamin permitted vitamins amino acids Uh, enzymes uh, botanicals and then uh, this nutraceuticals and uh, and this uh, uh, prebiotic and probiotic uh, compounds and earlier actually we had eight schedules eight schedules now we have reduced it to uh, four schedules only and earlier actually all nutraceutical products uh, required uh, 30 years of uh, safe, uh, safe history of us in 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 india or in the country of origin now actually it is only the plant or botanical extracts uh, which needs uh, this uh, 
history of safe use. This is a very big difference, actually, because earlier all the nutraceutical products, particularly which were not in use in India, and need to have a history of safe use for at least 30 years in India or 15 years in the country of origin. Sorry, it is 15 years in India or, or 30 years in the country of origin. Now, actually, we have only this plant or botanicals uh, which needs this. Other, other uh, nutraceuticals are absolutely free. I so, see. Uh, this is a big okay. development. Yeah. I see. I see. Yeah. Based on your time in um, at FSSAI, right? Um, what what mm. do you think are some of the reasons for these uh such a big drastic change? Why the relaxation in this, in the regulation? Uh, what what could be the reason? Yeah. The the reason is actually, uh, most of the companies they say that nutraceutical industry, nutraceutical products also are not very old products. Well, mostly 30 or 35 years from 19, uh, 1990 onwards actually people are uh, people across the globe actually they they have come with uh, this uh, new term nutraceuticals before that actually all were used as a health supplements or dietary supplements and uh, even in overseas also even usfd also did not have the regulations of this uh, of uh, health supplements and nutraceuticals 30 years back so these are all new products so if you impose that uh, restriction actually uh, then uh, most of the companies will not be able to import these products uh, and also uh, would not be able to manufacture it in india so that is one uh, that is one of the big region uh, for uh, for this uh, change that is one of the big region interesting so i i see that you know uh, in the past one to two years there's also a couple of new regulatory uh, changes right including mm. the uh, changes to the recommended dietary allowance rda and also the estimated average requirements so um yeah i i'm thinking like what what are some of the main considerations that you know the regulator would have fssai would have when designing and when reviewing their policies for the nutraceutical industry yeah actually uh, in India, actually, we have Indian Council of Medical Research, uh, which has a National Institute of Nutrition, who looks after this uh, uh, RDA, Recommended Dietary Allowance for Indians. And, uh, and it is different, for the, different from US FDA and other, uh, other regulated agencies also. So on the basis of an FSSI, just adopt whatever NIN actually uh, formulate. So this RDI is formulated by a National Institute of Nutrition, Indian Council of Medical Research, and on the basis of their recommendations, actually FSS also adopt. So that's why actually vitamin C earlier RDA was only 40 milligram uh, milligram per day, and now it has been revised to 80 milligram per day because 40 milligram uh, is not is not sufficient actually in the present day circumstances. So 80 milligram also because uh, when we purchase a health supplements and consume health supplements, we must have the desired efficacy. And with 40 milligram vitamin C, actually that desired efficacy is, is not there. So that's why actually it has been revised. RDI has been revised to 80 milligram uh, for vitamin C. Similarly, for other ingredients also, uh, RDI has been revised. So that is the reason actually. I see. So it's for efficacy to achieve yeah, a efficacy. higher efficacy. Yeah. Okay. Higher efficacy also, also, also the interface between uh, drugs and uh, health supplements are very thin. 
in some cases actually there are some overlapping also because vitamins are used both in the drugs as well as in the health supplements if you have vitamin d deficiency then you need a drug of vitamin d of 60000 international unit per per consumption in per week actually and when you are but that is not permitted for health supplements because in health supplement it is much less much less because uh, you are taking it regularly and it is uh, taken uh, for general well-being of the body if you take uh, uh, that limited dose of vitamin d actually you, you are not going to have this vitamin d deficiency and you need not to uh, take drugs of uh, 60000 uh, international unit vitamin d per week so that is the basic difference actually what are the main considerations that FSSAI has when designing policies for the new transitical sector how how do they um you know decide how to frame a policy you know based on your experience back in 2016 when they you know have the first set of policies until now uh-huh. what do you think is guiding their policies so the the main thing is actually Oh, FSSA is concerned with the uh, purity of the ing- of the compounds, purity of the compounds, and the uh, authentic source of raw, raw materials. Authentic source of raw materials. So you cannot use any kind, any sorts of raw materials which are not authentic. And then uh, this uh, misleading advertisement, misleading advertisement is a big menace uh, uh, both for the uh, both for the consumer as well as the regulator. because we found found lot of uh, health supplements uh, nutraceutical products in the market which are uh, giving misleading uh, uh, which are misleading the consumers which is offense as per fss act so misleading advert for misleading advertisement actually there is a prescribed penalty of 10 lakh rupees uh, uh, for for every incident and the company may be banned also so misleading advertisement is one thing and then this uh, Uh, we have actually one uh, regulation toxins uh, and residue regulation so pesticide toxins and residue regulation so that should be within the, within the permissible limit so you cannot use uh, any anything uh, which are above a permissible limit so that's why actually nestle maggi noodles were banned because they they were using a lead much above the maximum permissible limit that's why actually it was banned so instead of 2.5 ppm they were using 17.5 ppm lead which is carcinogenic and harmful to the body particularly for the young children and maggi noodles is very popular among young children and 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 young generation also so that's why actually it was banned because yeah. that should be taken care of that should be taken care of Yeah, yeah. I think you you are you are famous for that, right? The Maggie case. I have yeah, seen yeah. quite a lot of uh, you know interviews yeah. with you yeah. on you know FSSA FSSAI's decision to clear Maggie Ben. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. It was a very turbulent situation for me in my life actually because Maggie is such a strong band and well reputed band, and banning Maggie Maggie is not a simple thing. 
and it is the biggest yeah. recall in India, perhaps maybe in Asia also. Yeah, I would like to come back to you know your your time yeah. at FSSAI again, but um, mm. you know, in terms of the new regulations, right? Because we are coming mm. to the end of 2023 already, so I'm wondering, mm. moving into 2024, right? What do you think are some of the new regulations? Uh, concerning nutraceuticals that the industry can look forward to. Actually, FSSI is a not only FSSI. India is a signatory of Codex Alimentarius Commission. So Codex Aliment and uh, it is a Asian contact points of Codex Alimentarius Commission also. So uh, Codex has a lot of uh, food standards. It is the biggest uh, food standards agency in the world. And uh, I think it has uh, as many as 189 countries, member countries. Uh, though India is a signatory of uh, Codex Alimentarius Commission, but their standards are voluntary, not op- uh, not optional, not uh, mandatory. So that is actually a, a big problem. So I think uh, harmonization with Codex Alimentarius, though uh, for uh, some of the uh, ingredients and additives, actually we have harmonized with Codex Alimentarius Commission. But uh, these regulations, particularly this uh, health supplements, nutraceutical regulations, these are different for different countries. USFD has different regulations. Even your Singapore has a different regulation. India also have a different Fosu, Japan also they have the, their regulation. So uh, these regulations are because of the difference in regulations. Uh, this importers and exporters they are facing problems because uh, exporter will have to comply with the importing countries' regulations. And uh, if the regulation is different, they cannot export. And uh, in case of uh, rejection, and hundred uh, percent for hundred percent export-oriented unit, it is uh, not a, that much big problem. But if you manufacture uh, the product both for the for export purpose as well as for domestic marketing, it's a problem because the standards is different for importing countries and standard is different for manufacturing countries. So that, that there should be some uh, harmonization in these regulations also. Otherwise, uh, in the industry, as well as these importers and exporters, they are suffering. So that, that is see. the biggest problem. Yeah. I yeah. see. Could you give some examples? Like maybe right now, there is some um, differences between uh, India's regulation and the Codex standards. And this is hindering hindering the export of India's products uh, to overseas. Yeah, you see, RDI is different for the, uh, different in India. And uh, RDA is uh, different in USFD also. So if you want to export uh, some uh, health supplements, uh, nutraceutical, on the basis of uh, USFD uh, RDA, uh, then, then you cannot uh, do uh, selling of those, uh, those these products in India because our RDA is, uh, is much less uh, than uh, compared to USFD RDA. So that, that is one of the examples. A lot of products actually we could not export because of this. That means, you know, like India companies, if they want to export their products, their nutraceutical products to overseas, right, they need to reformulate it to suit mm. the RDA yeah, 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 of the yeah. US of Europe. So they cannot mm. they cannot just export straight away, but they need to like do mm. to do some adjustments. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Similar similarly, when you are importing also. You have to reformulate your uh, product because uh, earlier actually when we started this nutraceutical products actually our formulation was based on USFDA RDA. So we had to reformulate number of products. Even I was uh, uh, 
associated with McLeod pharma, uh, uh, pharmaceuticals who are manufacturing uh, health supplements. And their three products are blacklisted by FSSI. And I had to reformulate uh, all these three products uh, to uh, make it suitable for Indian market. So that is a big problem. So they had to uh, they had to destroy uh, the stock, uh, and then uh, and after the reformulation only they could again start the business. So that is a big problem. And I guess um, this can also be seen in the example of the ingredient S A M E, uh, which we spoke about just recently. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's being used in the US, it's um it's approved for use in health supplements, but in India uh, it's uh, considered as a pharmaceutical drug ingredient, uh, and so uh, it can be uh, used. So this is another uh, example. Yeah, yeah, this is another example. I see. And, the, I... and same same has monograph in USFD also. So when uh, when some agency issue a monograph, actually they issue the monograph only after the detailed study. So since uh, uh, that means safety is assured, but even then uh, in India it is considered as a drug. So FSS has rejected this. That mm. uh, that is the problem. Yeah. So so would you say that the FSS AI is much stricter when it comes to nutraceutical regulations? The way they monitor, they control the industry is it much stricter? Do you think it's stricter as compared to other countries? No, 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 I do not see. It is actually the FSSA is very much conservative. They are very much conservative. Their RDI is much less, and they do not allow a lot of ingredients and products which are available in the overseas market and doing business and also have the efficacy. But in India, actually, a lot of restrictions are there. So that is that is the thing actually. So it is not a very strict regulatory agency. Because our our infrastructure is not that much strong, uh, because uh, India has 30, uh, three zero, 30 states, uh, and all the states have their own uh, enforcement structure, and enforcement structure in India is not same actually in all the states. So it is not a very strict regulatory agency. But the thing is actually uh, they do not allow the new products. Which is uh, problematic for for this importer as well as the domestic manufacturer. Yeah. Okay, I see. So this might stifle new product development innovation, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh -huh, because uh -huh. of a uh, regulator is very conservative. Um, in terms of the current trends, uh, trends, right? What do you think are some of the uh, emerging ingredients that companies are interested to get their hands on to put it into their new product? Um, are, are you seeing some trends in this area? Yeah, yeah. Actually, in India, uh, nowadays, uh, because of this uh, COVID, actually, a lot of immunity boosting compounds actually uh, launched in the market during this uh, COVID-19 uh, pandemic. And uh, uh, this contains actually ingredients like ashwagandha, uh, turmeric, and uh, uh, gila, actually. These are very important ingredients, which are, uh, which are very effective. Uh, as an immunity booster. So, uh, and uh, in India, actually, people are uh, switching over to this uh, botanicals and herbal medicine, herbal uh, supplements, and uh, this uh, Ayurvedic supplement. So, uh, so this is a new trend, actually. So, this uh, also uh, Ayurvedic products, actually, 
in my opinion, actually, in coming years, actually, Ayurveda will take the center stage of nutraceuticals. We call it Ayurveda plus nutraceuticals means Ayurveda. And Ayurveda will take the center stage in the near future. I see. Okay. Um, because I'm just curious, you know, because ashwagandha and curcumin, turmeric, all these are um, very traditional uh, ingredients that's traditionally used in India. So, uh, you know, yeah. why is it seeing a revival now? Because of this COVID-19. Actually, during COVID-19, people are panicked. So they, so they actually, earlier actually, though these are very useful earlier also, but people were reluctant. But uh, during COVID-19, actually, for everybody says that if you boost your immunity, then actually you, are, you may fight with COVID. So that, that is one of the reasons, actually. So during COVID-19, only this ashwagandha uh, and this uh, turmeric, curcumin, uh, and the ginger and all these things, actually, uh, they, these have become very, very popular. People used to uh, consume all these things uh, to boost their immunity. So that is one of the reasons. Yeah. Aside from immunity, do you see any other major health concerns that people are um, taking a greater interest in? Yeah, one one is one is actually weight management. People are nowadays very health conscious, and uh, they they uh, they look after their well-being very well. And uh, protein, particularly protein foods, actually is becoming popular in India. And uh, though protein food is very costly, but even then it is very popular in India. And protein bars and uh, all these things actually, because protein is good for energy as well as uh, good for weight management. So uh, because because people are very much health conscious and uh, weight man management purpose actually, they are uh, consuming these uh, protein uh, products also. So this is one of the emerging uh, area actually. Uh, in the health supplements and nutraceutical products. And earlier on, you mentioned that FSSAI is considered conservative in its approach, but yeah. not it's not considered strict, but it's co uh, considered conservative. Um, but you know, over the recent years, right? Have you seen examples of the FSSAI allowing new ingredients, uh, to be used in nutraceuticals? Uh, have you seen some? examples and if there's such examples right why did the fssai allow such ingredients such maybe novel ingredients to be permitted no whatever the ingredients specified in the regulations actually in the schedules actually these are all uh, these are all can be used in the product so there is no restrictions but if you want to import some novel ingredient or novel product you have to apply for, to the fssi and then you have to obtain uh, specific approval from the FSSI and for that actually there is one regulation approval of non-specified uh, food and uh, uh, approval of non-specified food and food ingredient regulations 2017 so uh, you have to comply with that regulation and uh, if you comply with that regulations actually they will get this no objection not no objection you will get the product approval uh, from the concerned uh, division of the FSSI and on the basis of product appro approval, you will get license also to import as well as the manufacturer. Have you seen yeah. some recent examples of novel ingredients uh, being approved under this 2017 regulation? 
Yes, yes. In fact, I am also working on it. And uh, in, the, in the Ishana also, I, I got a lot of products, a lot of ingredients and products approved by the FSSAI because uh, these are new uh, ingredients, uh, particularly for diabetes and uh, obesity-related uh, uh, diseases, actually. These are very useful. Yeah. One, one example I can say, one uh, product which is very popular in uh, Germany, Hintonia latiflora, Hintosulin. They call it Hintosulin, and you will find it in the, I think, uh, and it is used in uh, Germany since 1940. 1940 with uh, much uh, uh, good result, actually. And, uh, and it has a regulatory approval in uh, so many countries. It is actually Hintonia latiflora is a, uh, is a bark, actually, bark uh, uh, available in Central America. And uh, with this uh, bark, actually, they are uh, adding uh, vitamins uh, and minerals. And uh, this is a useful product uh, for uh, 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 diabetes, uh, type 2 diabetes. And uh, uh, I got it approved uh, for Ishan of Nutraceutical. I got it approved. And uh, so many other products also. I offered uh, uh, right now, I cannot remember, but so many other products. Hmm. Yeah, so, you know, for the companies that uh, are listening to this podcast, right? Um, they might want to know, like, what are some of the things that the FSSA look out for when they assess a novel product or a novel ingredient? Hey, it is the regulatory status of the ingredient or the product outside India. It is the safety studies, risk analysis studies, uh, which are available. And uh, it is the efficacy, which are available, and how long uh, these are being used in the overseas, and uh, who are the who are the uh, manufacturer of this product in uh, overseas countries? These are the four things actually uh, companies should uh, uh, t- take care of. Based on your experience with um, this ingredient, how long did you uh, manage to get approval from the reg- from the Indian regulators? Yeah, it, it took uh, nearly a year actually. It took nearly a year because uh, we have uh, even the Indian scientists are not aware of this. The product, so we had to satisfy them. So we have a scientific panel. Actually, we had to place it before the scientific. Panel. I had to place it before the scientific panel, though I was the chairman of this committee when I was a director. But after retirement, I got it approved after retirement. But before retirement, also I uh, I, I I had issued NOC to uh, and Industrial Methane and Sulfate, so which was uh, subsequently rejected by uh, this uh, scientific panel. And I think it was not properly represented. Uh, if they allowed me to represent the case, actually, I would have uh, got it uh, cleared uh, because uh, there are a lot of uh, scientific uh, uh, studies and uh, risk analysis on uh, adenosine methyl sulfate. And US FDA also has the monograph. And it is a dietary supplement uh, approved by the US FDA. At the very start, you mentioned that nutraceutical regulations in India only came in in 2016, and you were involved yeah, yeah, in yeah, you know drafting yeah, yeah, the yeah, regulations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How, yeah. What, what is the backstory to this? How 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 and why did you know the Indian regulators decided to come up with this? Uh, the 2016 regulations. What were the circumstances because, that led to it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because actually, before 2016, we had no regulation. But uh, there was mention of uh, health supplements, nutraceutical in section 22 of the FSS Act. So on the basis of this uh, act, actually, 
uh, I was the director, uh, director FSSI and also the chairman of the product approval and screening committee of FSSI. So uh, we made a, uh, made a system that the companies uh, should submit the application uh, to the FSSI for approval uh, of the pro product or ingredient. And uh, we have a uh, product approval and screening committee of which I was the chairman. And uh, we used to study these things. And on the basis of these, actually, we used to issue a no objection certificate to the products. And on the basis of this no objection certificate, they used to get license for importing as well as manufacturing. So subsequently, these no objection certificates were issued or forwarded to the scientific, respective scientific panel. And then, then the scientific panel also also studied all these things, and they also uh, approved a lot of uh, products which were earlier had no objection certificate. When drafting the 2016 regulations, uh, what are some mm. of the challenges when you all came up with the regulations? A lot of lot of challenges actually, but uh, for, uh, during those uh, time actually we have gone through these uh, international regulations like USFDA. Even Singapore regulation is also very good. Even Japan, Fosu also we have considered uh, this even Fasan, uh, this uh, Australia, New Zealand regulations. These are also very good uh, UK regulations also. EC uh, directives so we used to consult. So uh, on the basis of these. Uh, regulations actually we have drafted our regulations and uh, definitely with the help of the national institute of nutrition and indian council of medical research how long was the drafting process when you drafted the 2016 regulations uh, it took more than a year it took more than a year a lot of consultation with the stakeholders with the stakeholders with the companies and uh, then actually we finally uh, come out with the a final uh, final uh, draft. So it took more than a year. Mm, I see. What what would you say was the most difficult part when drafting the regulation, and how did you overcome that difficulty? The difficult thing is actually this uh, RDI. RDI is uh, different for different countries. So we had to come uh, come out, but uh, definitely uh, we had to depend on this National Institute of Nutrition. And we adopted this. So initially, actually, we were also a little bit confused that uh, because a lot of U.S. products were rejected during those days, and uh, it was a huge loss for the companies actually, particularly the importers who are importing uh, products from U.S. Uh, U.S. Uh, because U.S. FDA RDA is much higher than India Indian RDI. But uh, when actually this Indian uh, RDI has been uh, finalized and uh, put in place, uh, then uh, the company also know that they have to comply with this RDI. So that is the most difficult part. And based on your observations of the nutraceutical industry, right, what do you think um, at the moment are some of the key regulatory challenges that needs to be overcome? Yeah, the thing is actually uh, regulatory challenges, this approval of new product, new ingredient, that is uh, really cumbersome and very difficult thing. Even our scientists also sometimes get puzzled because which products should be approved and which should not be approved. So that is the most difficult thing right now. I see. What changes do you hope to see in the industry in the upcoming one to two years? Industry actually is, uh, they have, now actually earlier, 
this uh, nutraceuticals and health supplements uh, regulations are uh, managed by uh, this uh, this uh, regulatory professionals who are uh, who are good who are basically pharmacists they are good in uh, drugs but uh, 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 drugs and the health supplements are entirely different so now actually almost all the big companies have the uh, regulatory affairs uh, manager or uh, specialist whatever you call it and they they, they are uh, they are a little bit thorough about this uh, fss uh, rules and uh, act and regulations so so now actually it is not that much difficult actually earlier actually they were from pharma background and uh, they are basically pharmacists a b pharma or m pharma doctor uh, medical doctors and uh, medical doctors also uh, are not very good in uh, this uh, nutrition and uh, this thing actually because uh, i spoke to uh, in fact we are, a lot of doctors also worked under me and uh, i i spoke to them in detail and i have seen that uh, they also confess that a nutrition uh, matter actually they studied very little during their five year course in mbbs so uh, now actually a lot of diet uh, nutritionist and uh, uh, dietitians actually they are also involved in fssi and they are uh, really contributed a lot I see, I see. Wow, great speaking to you, Pradeep. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, thank you. If you like this podcast, you can subscribe to Neutral Champion on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. You can also head to neutralingredients-asia.com for more content and news on the nutrition industry.